Good morning, everybody. Today is Saturday, May 6th, 2023, and this is episode 30 of Zach and Natalie Answer. Good morning, Zach. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? Never been better. You know, things are finally turning a corner for the better weather-wise around here. Uh, getting really excited to plant a garden this year. So, you know, looking forward to doing some of that after you and I talk about our very interesting topic we have for today. And what would that topic be? Why don't we use they, them pronouns for God? Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. I mean, it's just a really good question. It's sure. I'm sure. Okay. Don't lie to me. Like, clearly, at some point in your life, you've had this thought, right? I, and not I, maybe I really about haven't. specifically about they, no. them, but I'm sure you've considered why do we call God the things that we call God? Well, yes, I've thought about that, but not specifically about they, them pronouns for God. I mean, it makes sense in a way because there are, we know there are multiple of god which that it's a funny way to say that but we've got the trinity right so we clearly have god in three persons so why wouldn't i say they when i'm talking about god if you know why doesn't that capture god's essence better than he well uh, i think the he she argument is more interesting than than they them and and just because uh, i think you know, historically in, in Christianity, we understand that we call them persons because we don't really have anything better to call them. So we have the Trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we say three persons, one God, uh, and we don't really understand what that exactly means. In fact, the doctrine was formally laid forth in the Council of Chalcedon uh, in the 5th century, um, and this was a very sort of uh, philosophical council. The documents are, are very much in sort of that, that Greek philosophy language. And the whole thing about the Trinity as a, as a doctrine is a great mystery. And so uh, I think as Christians, rightly, we, we do tend much more towards the one God um, and, and more towards the sort of three modes, although three modes isn't proper either. Um, and so that's probably why they, them never really occurred to me as a way that you could talk about God. Uh, but yeah, I don't like it. Uh, and of course, I don't like it because the idea, there's no way we would have thought of this 10 years ago. So there's something behind why we're talking about it now. And, uh, and that's something that has nothing to do with Christianity in terms of you know, right. the, the theology of Christianity. Yeah, and but, you know, it's important to be able to answer the sure. theological questions of the day, and this is absolutely one of them that's going to come up, right? And it's the same, it's the exact same question as, why don't we refer to God as she? <clears throat> it has basically nothing to do with, I mean, you could, I, there are, <clears throat> it's kind of like walking through a room for full spider webs. You like get stuff on your face and you're like, ah, you know, trying to pull it off. Like there are a lot of little tiny obnoxious threads in this question that you could follow down rabbit holes that 
lead to places that really are distractions more than helpful. Like I think the to view this question in the sense of like gender identity is a little silly because it's not at all. Like that's just not a relevant question when talking about God. But to a lay person who like maybe is a new Christian coming in and, and getting their mind around this idea of the Trinity, which is one of those things you need to get used to. It's not intuitive, right? Like you really gotta stretch your mind to be able to comprehend this idea of one person or one spirit in three persons and that they all are equal and, you know, have, cause that's just like, that just doesn't happen in, in humans. You have one personality and that's it. Right. So this I think is a question in our cultural milieu that comes up for people who aren't experienced in theology who are like, well, what, you know, wait a second. I'm being told over here that, you know, you can, these, they, them pronouns are actually personhood identifiers and not just parts of speech. So why wouldn't we apply those to a situation where we clearly have an example of somebody who's in multiple personhoods, right? So I agree with you. I think that that's, I think there's a lot of distraction there, but the ultimately the answer is the same as like, why don't we refer to God as she? So I think, uh, I think, well, not, and, and in fairness to those with dissociative identity disorder, um, I, I think maybe there are some people with multiple personalities, as strange as that may sound. Uh, in fact, right. in the scriptures, we sort of do have um, the demon possessed, I suppose, as, you know, that that's what they're called, uh, people who behave differently um, because they're in the scriptures, in the words of the scriptures, possessed by a demon, and the demon is driven out, and they behave differently. So uh, there's some of that, but I think, right, we have two two big questions here uh, that deal with the mystery of God as Trinity, and then the mystery of what do we call God, and I think part of the problem is that really we're talking about who God is, and you're not really able to do that, right? and every attempt to do so is inadequate. So uh, we talked uh, last week, I think, in the pre-show about this idea that God can't really be the object of, of what you're talking about, like you've already made a mistake if you're doing that, um, and, but we have to, we have to, we have to have something to say about uh, God, and so the only um, way that we know God as Christians is through the person of Jesus Christ, and that's where we get into the whole Trinity thing. So uh, in my mind, uh, God is not a being, he is the uh, source of all being, and so he is whatever the thing is behind being, and we we don't really understand what that means, what that, we can talk about it as in like, here's the reason why everything exists, you know, it's God, but who is God? Something that is so ontologically different than we are that we can't really relate to him. So that's what we say as Christians. And then we say as Christians as well, well, we can relate to him because there is this person, Jesus Christ, who is mysteriously uh, God in the flesh. Uh, Somehow uh, this God who is the source of all reality um, also came down at a particular time and place in human history and 
uh, was crucified on a cross uh, by you know his local and, and Roman authorities for the forgiveness of of our sins, and and that's a, another very great mystery. Uh, but that whole uh, you know economy of salvation through the person of Jesus Christ is really tied into our notion of Trinity, and so um, and this also drives towards another reason why. Uh, we end up using uh, you know, male pronouns for God when any pronoun for God is basically inadequate except for the great I am, right? How do you talk about God except God mm-hmm. as subject? Um, Jesus was a male in his earthly form, so there's that. And then there's also I... the, the other reason uh, is simply that when we talk about uh, creation metaphors, uh, male creation metaphors, um, are something that uh, have this idea that you know God is kind of behind things, uh, not that God is like a part of the world or something like that. And that's why we stay away from sort of the the, the female um, pronoun for God because it it starts to create some confusing metaphors. But the right. idea that we can understand God as you know a gendered person, is a bit ridiculous when you think about the fact that God is so ontologically beyond our understanding that we just can't. The yeah. only way we do know him, no one has ever seen God, right? The only way we know uh, Jesus Christ has made him known. You know, that's basically with a theme that repeats in the book of John several times in, in John's mm-hmm. gospel. Well, and I think John's gospel is pretty clear that God is spirit, right? And which, which uh, ties into your point that... <clears throat> We, we're anthropomorphizing God because that's the limitation of us as creation. He is creator, but we have limitations, and one of them is we can't conceptualize him in his, his uh, actual nature because that's just our, our brains are, are too puny. So, you know, we have to anthropomorphize him in some way, and so we use the pronoun he. I think that another interesting note on that front is you know god is a relational being so that's why we have you know there's you could refer to him simply as his name god or i am but it doesn't have that same flavor as you know when you've got this like suite of words to talk about him that gives that relational concept right it's kind of the to make like a really strange and probably weak comparison uh it would be like if you have someone who goes by they them pronouns here on earth and you just only refer to that person by their name it feels extremely stilted because that is just simply not how you speak about someone in a relational fashion right if every time I wanted to say he instead I said Zach, it's just, you know, very quickly people would be asking me what was wrong and if I'd had a stroke. So, you know, that's an interesting, you, you look at the limitations of human grammar in addition to the limitations of human understanding and the picture becomes pretty clear. I think, you know, that's details though in the real other huge, huge and important point to this and I want to unpack the he she thing here in just a second Um, because I think that's you know there are legitimate questions about why not use she and I think you know ultimately the answer is really in this one's like we can't say for certain but what we can say for certain is that in the bible 
which was given to us, you know, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, God chooses to reveal to himself to us as a he. So that kind of shuts the door on the question, but it doesn't give us like an explanation, if that makes sense. Um, And then there's also, you know, backing that up is the fact that Jesus Christ came to us in person as a he. So that kind of continues that line of, of thought. So for whatever reason, that is how the Bible was revealed to us and why what the reason, you know, was written that way. And we assume for a purpose. So I think that's an important thing to keep in mind, too. Like there is a part of this that is divine mystery. Yeah, I think, I, I think, and, and I'm not entirely sure if this is correct, but in the Hebrew for the Old Testament, I think the uh, pronouns for God are non-gendered special pronouns, and we don't have an equivalent in English, and so it gets rendered as, you know, capital H, he. Um, so I think there's that. Uh, so I think when we talk about God in English, we fall back on this uh, idea of it creates a, a bad metaphor uh, a little bit more than you know the inadequacy of using you know pronouns for God in the first place. It, the, the metaphor is slightly worse going with she than he uh, because uh, she creates the impression that um, what God has created is like within uh, God, which is you know, to a certain extent, we can talk through that, but we want to say that God created out of nothing, and that sort of creation out of nothing uh, is more in line with the male pronoun than it is with the female pronoun, um, and, and particularly when we talk about other creation myths in the Near East, uh, you know, 2000, 3000, 4000 BC, whenever you want to say the, the origin of, of Genesis uh, is it it definitely uh, starts to to cause some some questions if if we were to refer to God as she in in that sense right uh, but yeah. but certainly when we talk about like the justice and mercy of God uh, you know we can kind of talk about a little bit more of that that duality of of male and female characteristics uh, that that God embodies at different times but I think more than anything, we should understand that God transcends gender, and so even trying to describe God as they, them, um, well, that's even an, a, wor- a worse heresy, because then we, we put God into um, you know, sort of more of a, uh, a polytheistic category, um, rather than the idea that you know, there is there's only one source of being, I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. You couldn't have two sources of being. And so right. it really starts to, again, mess with our conception of who God is. And that's always the temptation when we talk about God, because we have to talk about God relationally. Um, but then we also have to understand that God is so beyond our comprehension that it's so hard to even relate in speech to him. And so that's, of course, why we have the person of Jesus Christ in Christianity and that does anchor a lot of our uh, language around God as well. Yeah, and I think using they, them pronouns brings God into, because for better or for worse, even though there are parts of speech that have been around for a long time, they have a different meaning today than they did 100 years ago. 
Today they signify someone who is gender non-conforming, right? Or choosing to identify that way and wants others to identify them that way. And so by using basically, for lack of a better word, like a buzzword to identify God, what you're doing is you're bringing it out of the you know, divine and into the human conversation. And I think that's, I think you do a similar thing when you use she, right? Because when you're like, she for God, well, I've only ever heard it as he, like your brain is no longer focused where it's supposed to be. Now you are contemplating these very human, very uninteresting, (laughs) you know, um, associations. And, and that's, I think, you know, in my, my mind, that's like one of the real strong reasons not to do it is it's distracting and it's not it actually doesn't illuminate or add any meaning that isn't already given to us Um, yeah I i think it's like it's trying to claim power for yourself by having a better or more accurate description of god and i think it's it's an attempt to bring god down to your level yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. all of our attempts to talk about God are our attempts to sort of bring God down to our level in a way that we can understand. Um, but I think historically, the Church has had a lot of very deep conversation about this, and uh, I think, you know, this is the reason everyone hates, but, you know, one of my favorite reasons is that why would we do it different than the way it's been done for 2,000 years? <laughs> Well, I've, like I've said before, the Lutherans know one thing real good, and that is the value of tradition, and it cannot be overstated. And, um, you know, so I, I, yes, it's not a, you know, that answer isn't going to probably sit well in your, you know, uh, philosophy 101 class, but it's a completely valid answer and i i'm with you i think that the other you know it's like people wiser and smarter than i have as have tackled this question and they've come out the other side referring to god as he i'm not changing that again i also i believe in the divine revelation of scripture and that's how it's written so i'm gonna go with that and i'm not going to try and imprint my own understanding over top of that yeah um i i I think i don't know I, i i also think of course that it's not a it's not a pointless question, and so it, it's a good conversation to have because people do have legitimate questions about why we talk about God this way and not that way, and those are good opportunities to try and just better understand who God is. I mean, what can we even say about the source of all reality, the source of all being? This isn't something that you can just talk about and really feel very confident in. But what we can feel very confident in is the person of Jesus Christ and what he's revealed to us about who God is. And so ultimately, the characteristics of Jesus are what we base our you know, reference for, for God on. And that does oftentimes you know, skew us in favor of, of the male pronoun. Um, but I think it's important because it's the person of Jesus. That's how God is made known to us. And so talking about God through the person of Jesus Christ, while understanding that, you know, who God is, is bigger than anything that we can imagine or comprehend, I think that helps set the scene about the whole pronoun discussion that makes it a little easier to 
to understand it's not, you know, it, it's not such a big deal because, okay, Jesus was a, as a guy. If you, if you believe in this guy, you know, then, then we're going to kind of move into those deeper conversations about, okay, who is God? Obviously God is engendered. Um, let's not make too much out of the fact that, that Jesus came as a man. Right, but yeah. let's talk about how he's made known the attributes of God to us. Yeah, well, I mean, he had to come as a man or a woman, right? There were two choices. So if we if he came as a woman, it would have been, we would be having this exact same conversation, just the, the words would be different, right? Like, it's it's really an immaterial part. You could, yeah, you, you can get distracted. It's not immaterial, sorry. <laughs> you could get distracted on that point versus you know, looking at the bigger picture, which is just like you said, how he reveals God to us. Yeah, I think if, I mean, and here's a wild idea to consider, you know, what if uh, Jesus had come as a woman? I have no doubt that God would have found a way to make that sacrifice as meaningful, of course, as it's God. I mean, how can you question God? Uh, And and so ultimately, Jesus, as a man, interacted with people that no other man would, uh, not just with sinners and tax collectors, but with you know a woman at the well, a Samaritan woman, uh, people that really uh, someone in his social position would have no right interacting with. And he just walks right through those social barriers or taboos mm-hmm. yes. and addresses those people. And the thing about Jesus is that he's always challenging our perception of what's conventional. And if there's one thing that we should take away from reading the the scriptures, of course, other than uh, the death of Christ for our sins, it's that uh, Jesus really, he is this radical interruption of the conventional process of human thinking. And there is no way that we should be comfortable hundred percent of the time with who he is and and what he says uh, because it always challenges us and especially those of us that are committed to observing you know religion and uh, faithfully practicing our beliefs because those are the people that Jesus challenges the most Mm -hmm, um, and and challenges them about you know the way they interact with people in the world so um, that yeah, I mean, I think the best we can do when confronted with these sorts of questions is talk about, you know, a who is God, right, and understanding God as the source of all being and reality, and then uh, b talking about the person of Jesus. Well, we know who God is because Jesus has made Him known, and so here's what we know about Jesus, and 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 what we know about Jesus is conveyed to us in the Gospels of of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and and sort of go from there. Uh, it's, yeah, it's easy to overthink for sure. And boy, in today's world, uh, it, it's even easier to overthink because there's all these new ideas about how we conceive who we are and that sort of thing. So yeah, and how we talk about other people. And it's like exactly. this kind of thing is going to come up and it's only going to come up more, not less. And, and so it's, you know, it's good to know where you stand on it because then you can kind of not dismiss, but you can explain 
why it's a bad idea to, <laughs> you know, to make some of these choices around like, oh, let's let's try something new. Like, let's refer to God as they, them. Um, yeah, I think anything we do with God, I really like this point when we were talking yesterday in the pre-show. It's like we think we're questioning God by trying to, you know, suss out who God is. But really, God is questioning us and, and our perceptions of, of reality, which is ultimately all born from God. So when we yes. reframe it like that... Good old Job. Yeah, uh, we, in our discussion about the book of Job uh, last week in the in the pre-show, and we didn't even talk about Job last week, um, but it, it turns out that we're being questioned by the very questions that we ask about God, because God is just not object. You know, God is not mm-hmm. an object in the world or... or a being in the universe. God is the source of all being, and we can't really understand that, but we do see the person of Jesus and the way that he taught and walked and radically challenged our ideas about, you know, who God is um, in many ways. So right. that's 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 a lot of ways in which we know uh, God, and um, the gender thing is, is really, you know, the, hey, we talked about a lot of that last week when we talked about can men and women be friends when we redid episode mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. Uh, because we talked about you know sort of the, the complementary way in which we um you know can become one flesh in that idea yeah yeah so there's definitely a role for gender but it's not it's on the human side of the equation <laughs> yeah the role for gender is in seeking god together yeah exactly okay well i mean i i feel like we i feel like we done did it Sounds, sounds like we did. Well, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it as always. We'll be back next week with another exciting edition of Zach and Natalie Answer. Zach, I'll see you then. Yeah, from beautiful Wisconsin with a high of 52 degrees and rain, low of 48. This is like Seattle February weather. Um Hopefully next week I'll be able to say it's warmer. And coming to you from the West Coast where I'm very much looking forward to my second cup of coffee. See you next week. See you next week.